On this episode, we're interviewing Chuck Lehman, who happens to be Andy's father and the owner of a mean three bean casserole recipe. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads Podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Hey, welcome, 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 Dudes and Dads Podcast listeners. I'm Joel, here with my good friend, Wendy Wayman. I thought it was Chester. Chester T. Layman. Wait, it's been a while since we pulled that name out. We have. It, that's, that goes way back. It does. Back oh. to the beginning episodes. You should listen to that. Like, I think the very first episode, right? Chester T. Layman. Yeah. I, does your dad know that you secretly wanted to be named Chester? I don't know. We can ask him later. <laughs> during, the, during, during the pop quiz, we'll ask him and see what he thinks. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. Good to be back with you. Uh, we've uh, we've started. We've stopped. We've started again. We've been... Uh, vacationing. Vacationing. Fake news vacationing. In the mitten. We've been both. Both of us. Both smitten with the mitten, as we like to say. I have to admit that I do now after being in the upper part of Michigan. Yes. Like it a whole lot more than I used to. It's a magical place up there. It, it gets is. it gets remote and your cell phones and doesn't work. Right. No offense to those in the lower like Jones area. Daniel. Yeah. You, tr- you trolls. You know but. who you are. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we are back. And uh, yeah, just a big, uh, by the way, thank you uh, to uh, all of you that are sticking around with us. And uh, we're we're looking forward to we're entering. We're close to the fall months, Andy. We are. Would you know what that means? Uh, we get to snow pumpkin spice. Hey. I think that's what that what that means. We should just let people alone. That <laughs> what like would pumpkin be, spice? This we year. should it should be this year should be like Corona spice, which yeah. I don't I don't know what Corona spice tastes like, but it, it makes you cough. <laughs> so that's I, that's the gist. Oh my! That's a real marketing, uh, real yeah. marketing ploy. Yes. Oh, Andy, hey. uh, how about you tell us what's going on? Hey, I would, I would love to do that. Now it's time for the dudes and dads oh. pop Whoa. quiz. Whoa! It's been so long. You've, wrong repro- one. you've reprogrammed that beast. Yeah, wrong one. Here, how about this one? <laughs> what's brewing? What's brewing? What's brewing? What's brewing? Well, I mean, really, my you've already mentioned mine. Mine was that I was on vacation this last week and. It was really good. What did you do? Um, went to Michigan. Um, no, we did a lot of things. We went to the beach. We went to way, way up there, Whitefish Point. And we know that Whitefish Wave. Is they never point. Right. So. According to Joel's fake news. Yep. Um, but no, we did a lot of fun stuff, hanging out with the family and eating lots of great food and stuff. Were you camping? No, we had rented a house. So Which is the wise choice. Which is the wise choice. We camped while we were up there and the weather was good for like 75 75- 80% of the time we're there, but at the very beginning, it torrentially downpoured for a full day. So, you know, we did like good campers. We what? went two miles down the road to the casino hotel and <laughs> stayed overnight there because I had had enough I, and I had hopefully. small children with me. And there's nothing better, Andy, as you know, than being trapped in a uh, in a slightly uh, wobbly tent with, with four young kids. Right. Tell me though, Joel. I do see tonight that you are wearing different glasses. Thank you for pointing so that out. What? Tell me the so story about gla- why you're not wearing your normal so glasses. Glad you noticed. Uh, so here's what happened last night. I decided to take Aaron and Josiah and Matthew out to the ball field for a little, uh, you know, end of season practice. We've got one more tournament. I don't know. It, 
I'll tell you about the whole tournament thing later. It's said we thought our baseball season was done. And then the little league was like, Hey, congratulations. You won you your win. last game. You get to play other little leagues now. And we're like, Oh really? That sounds interesting. Oh, it's just keeps on going. So, uh, out, out of the ball field, a little practice. And, um, I, I made an unsafe choice and you know how we're always talking our, to our kids about making wise, yes. safe choices. You don't play with fire. Don't play with knives, blah, blah, blah. Joel, uh, decided, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to have Aaron wanted to pitch to Josiah and I was like, Hey, I'll just sit. I'll, I'll just climb here behind the plate and, uh, and catch these balls. No problem. We're doing along just fine. Josiah takes a swing, does one of those foul ball straight back at the catcher, uh, scenarios. Oh no. Cracked me right on the left eye, but like hit my glasses, but hit, hit my glasses and then went up. So (laughs) 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 listen to the story. Now it's way funnier. Uh, so split my, uh, eyebrow open so i was bleeding and like i'm like laying on the ground like just like oh i cannot believe this just happened it hurt it hurt decent it would have been way worse if i not had my glasses on but it hit my glasses so hard it broke my glasses in two took the lens out of the thing but i have two small little bruises on the top of my nose because the glasses went they went back so hard against my nose they like bruised the bridge they bruised the bridge of my nose and uh, so I'm laying on the ground in momentary pain. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to get through this, whatever. It's going to be fine. Aaron, like the eldest child that he is, picks up my cell phone and calls my wife right away. Oh, no. Now, I would not have called my wife. I would not have mentioned that any of this actually even happened, whatever. We could have discussed it when we got home, maybe. <laughs> this is what Aaron says to Jackie. Oh, uh, yeah, dad's, <laughs> dad's laying on the ground. He's, he's bleeding from his face. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you need to come get us. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, like, I, when I come to my senses or whatever, I'm like, what did you say to mom? She's like, she's, he's like, mom, mom's coming. She's coming to get, I'm like, we don't need mom to come. I just like dab the blood off my face with a you know with a moist to- moist towelette right and uh <laughs> so i called jackie <laughs> back i'm like i'm fine i'm fine um she's like your glasses are broke right now and i was like yeah i was like i can still i can still drive i was like you know i can drive she's like no i don't know because your vision you are able to function without glasses jackie would be blind and she's <laughs> like if i broke my glasses we would not be going anywhere do it. so i was like no it's not a problem so uh like a true father i dusted the dirt off my face <laughs> went on and we i did not climb back behind the plate but we uh, continued on with our little our little practice nice. so these are my backup glasses <laughs> i've got a little bit of a swollen eyebrow and some small weird bruises on the top of my nose <laughs> well thanks for sharing oh my gosh the things we do oh. for our children but well anyway before we get into tonight, tonight's episode, I would like to uh, thank Brian Kirby. Brian is a new patron of the show. Brian, we love you. We, we yes. are appreciative of you. Thanks for being willing to put your name on the wacky thing that we call the Dudes and Neds podcast. Yes. And so we, we thank him. And if you want to join him, uh, you can go to dudesanddadspodcast.com slash support. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can give there. Um, but Patreon is great because you get behind the scenes stuff. And we are going to actually be recording a whole new for tonight's episode, we are actually chatting with my dad. Yep. He is here in studio with us. Yep. And we're going to go kind of Joel's going to basically throw me under the bus and ask a bunch of random stuff. So excited. So So excited. If you want to know more about me and the other stuff that I've done as a child, the deep CD past, you can become a Patreon too and find that out. 
That's right. We so, don't we don't accept Bitcoin. I just put that on the record. But right. Everything else. Everything is, else is, everything is else good. Is fine. So, anyways, uh, Chuck Lehman, welcome welcome to our show tonight. Glad to be here. Oh, Chuck, he's got a real voice for radio too, which is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know if he knew. I don't know if he's ever like really thought about going into mass communication, but uh, but if you but if you wanted to, he could. Now's the time. Right. I think this could, backup. Be, this could be a good backup good <laughs> fallback plan. Yes. <laughs> when all else doesn't oh, work. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chuck, good to have you with us. Yes. Thank for you sure. for being here. Uh, Chuck joins us all the way from the uh, uh, bustling metropolis of it's, it's Martinsville. Is uh-huh. it not? Yeah. Martinsville yep. came up just for the show. That's how much your dad loves you. Andy. Right. I, I know. In fact, I originally when we asked him to be on the show, I just planned on having him on the phone and he was like, I won't have it. No, I up. will not have it. I'm getting in the car and heading up. So welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit. We always do the dad stats. We ask people, you know, your wife, kids, all that good stuff. How long have you been married? I mean, I think uh, I know your son pretty good. But. Yeah, what you, <laughs> what you do, all that. Yeah, give us all the information. All right. right. Been married coming up on 44 years. 44 years. Met my wife, Becca, in the restaurant business, making three bean salad. I miss <laughs> it. Yes. <laughs> it all comes around. Yeah. Uh, four, 48 years ago, met her. Wow. Yeah. And so we dated for four years, got married. And uh, soon after, Andy came on the scene and then Emily, his sister, and uh, they have grown up very well and married into some really uh, nice families, Christian families. And I have eight grandchildren I'm very proud oh, of as well. yeah. And so uh, currently, uh, previously, I was in the cabinet design business for quite a few years. And uh, um, with a name like Lehman, you have to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Except for it was in Chicago. Yeah, I know. It makes no difference. You've got to be a carpenter. So, and then uh, currently, we are in the retreat ministry teaching yes. people about the importance of rest mm. and that's what we're going to talk about tonight because it it's a it's a something that well uh i think chucky would say is uh it's a non it should be a non-negotiable enough. guaranteed yes yes so uh chuck is one of those people that uh his well you, so you guys have been because i i know you before you were doing what you're doing currently or at the place you're doing it mm-hmm. You've been in sort of the retreat business, so to speak, for uh, since two thousand and three. Yeah, so since I graduated high school <laughs> uh, seventeen years ago, and so um, what? What I guess let's just ask what attracted you, or uh, how did you find yourself in that kind of uh, ministry role? What attracted to you to it? How did how did it come about? Well. I, I had, what attracted me is I tried it the other way. Okay. Yeah. It just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried it for a long time the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in that cabinet business, it was not unusual for me to come home on a Friday afternoon. And by the time I go back to work Monday mid morning, I would have had 40 hours behind the computer screen. Yeah. And uh, that went on for a lot of years. Uh, Andy can attest to yeah. that. And uh, so Andy has said a couple of things that, that, that encouraged me to move that direction. The first one is uh, one time when he was very young, he called me in the room. I hadn't been home to see him for like four days. I mean, that while he was up and he called me in the room, he said, dad, turn on the light. And I said, what's up? He said, uh, I just want to see your face. I, oh, I, I don't remember what you look like. Oh, geez. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of the beginning of the change early yeah. on. Yeah. And then one time, uh, when Andy was about 10 and Emily was about eight, they came into the room. This was when Becca was fighting stage three cancer. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, uh, dad, where's mom? And I said, uh, back there, why? And they said, uh, 
well, we, need, we have a question about something in the Bible, and we need an answer we know we can count on. And what the kids plainly saw was I wasn't the spiritual leader of the house, and I wasn't the one that was going to give them the right answer because I wasn't spending any time in the Bible. I wasn't resting. Mm. I wasn't spending any time away from trying to better my career. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you had these uh, – Is were the, were the, was there a, a – defend? I mean, were those your definitive wake-up moments? Or was this like a series of events or yeah, – It was a series of events. Yeah. And so one day you said, enough of this. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things happened. I, um, I, I kept realizing then that I needed to be the spiritual leader, so I started spending more time with God. I spent a, you know, a substantial amount of time starting to do reading in the morning. I opened up my Bible again for the first time and uh, started doing some fasting. It started uh, really trying to draw away and retreat with God. And, uh, and so one of the other turning moments was when Andy came to us one day and said, hey, uh, I'm not going to be eating for two weeks starting next week. And... Uh, uh, I'm going to be fasting for a friend of mine that's going on a short-term mission trip. And I said, hey, that's great. I'll join you. Mm. And as I read about that, I was compelled to do a 40-day fast. And it was in that 40-day fast that God changed everything. Wow. I, re- I realized that, yeah, it was fun selling cabinets and I was making money, but there wasn't satisfaction in that. It wasn't anything of lasting value. And uh, so during this 40 days, as I went without food and, and Beck and I spent time praying together, we realized that he was calling us into a ministry where we could uh, teach people about some of the lesser known spiritual disciplines like Sabbath rest, um, a rhythm of Sabbath and, and fasting and prayer. So what was your first step into the retreat ministry? What was the first thing that you guys did? We did a lot of praying, saying, God, it's your call. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to make it happen. Yeah. We don't know where to start. And uh, so uh, he did open up. Um, in uh, The fast was in June of 2002. In uh, the fall, in August um, of 2003, we had an opportunity to join an existing ministry in southern Indiana. And uh, it was in a, a log cabin. They mainly did weekend group retreats. And uh, we were there for three and a half years. And God kept tugging on our hearts that there had to be more, that, that uh, group retreats are great, but uh, we needed to keep the place more busy 24-7 and do personal retreats, get people in to where they were um, hanging out with God and, and, and letting God meet them where they were at. So following that... Mm-hmm. What was your well? Because I, you guys were because you were at a camp for a while, right. which is what I am trying to go back to my mind, yeah. and uh, I just remember the best. The, which where was that camp? I don't that even remember. That was in remember. Kokomo area. Kokomo, yeah. Kokomo area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I've got a good picture with Aaron, who was all of maybe like uh, two or something. Not even maybe yeah. that going down the zip line, looking terrified. <laughs> uh, so, so basically began that journey and uh have are now in so you're now at shepherd at shepherd's gate down in martin mm-hmm. martinsville how long how long have, that seems like that has just flown by but well, how long has that been now we're coming up on our 10th anniversary my goodness yes it's yeah. it, like i i'm i just feel like a saying like it seems like only yesterday that, that was <laughs> that, that was happening but man 10 years that's wonderful yeah. so yeah let, let me let's talk a little bit about about shepherd's gate in here mm-hmm. um so you moved from your retreat center that you were or the retreat place that you were working in southern indiana Mm -hmm. um 
you moved in in the meantime did the camp thing there For about another three and a half years and then God opened up some doors and you ended up in Martinsville. How did that happen? Talk to me about that a little bit. <laughs> it was a, it was crazy. It was through another 40 day fast. And it was a, during that fast that um, seemed like things weren't really happening too much. But what was happening is God was working behind the scenes. And uh, so right at the end of the fast, I, I uh, get an email I'm not supposed to get. And uh, and I, I had been trying to get off this email list for a year and a half. I was placed on it mistakenly. And uh, I had never looked at them. And this time I felt I needed to. And when I opened it up, it showed a picture of the place that is the Shepherd's Gate Inn. It was a private residence before. And it said, Elegant Country Estate to be sold as a retreat facility in Martinsville, Indiana. And I was really amazed by it. I kept looking at it going, this is perfect. 43 heavily wooded acres, uh, 11,500 square, square feet, fully furnished, sitting vacant, ready to move in. A barn full of all the equipment you could want. Right. I mean, everything's perfect. Not even believable. Until <laughs> until you get to the price tag. I'm like, it's not that perfect. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm going to close out of it, but I, I can't do it. My hands are nailed to the table. Mm-hmm. And so I do what any wise man would do. I sent the link to my wife and let her deal with it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, and so that's how we found out about the place, and and uh, like five days later we toured it, um, and uh, uh, at the end of that month I had an opportunity to preach down in that area. We asked, hey, since you're not living in the house, can we stay in it for a few days and then talk to you about all the finances and stuff? So we did. We met uh, the husband that, at that time. The wife had given us the first tour, and uh, it was forty days uh, after that 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 they allowed us to move in, and. Uh, took care of paying all the bills for us and and continued to carry us for over 18 months until we were able to get into a lease agreement with them. So it's, it's like a crazy, unexplainable, couldn't make it up, couldn't write write it or think it even, God events. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about what you, you do at the end. Uh, what are some of the things that you offer there? Yeah. We, we do a lot of work at the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> I... I, I, pro, I Prompted, uh, I was prompted to tell Becca one time, I said, I think we should t- change the motto of the ministry to rest ministries. We don't, so you can't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, so you can't. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, what we do is uh, we give people a place to get away and hang out with God. Um, a, a lot of people have such a foreign idea because it's so counterculture. It's not, it's not what's taught to us. Um, and, and especially men, we are, our, our identity is in who, what we do and what right. we can accomplish how well we take care of the family. And so it just goes against everything. Um, but what we try to do is teach people about the, the need for, for rest, for Sabbath break, for, there's a lot of different names you can throw at it, but um, uh, we, we give them a place. We have seven guest rooms, um, all, all uh, very elegantly decorated. We uh, will meet with the people, we'll pray with the people, and we will do either group retreats or personal retreats. And so um, the, the group retreats are structured differently. People come in, we meet with them, pray with them. We uh, give them the opportunity to have a, a personal retreat toolkit that teaches them how to do retreat, gives them some ideas. And then uh, we uh, set them on their way. We take care of them. They have a, an evening meal where all the personal retreat guests get together. And uh, then on the we have a refrigerator and a second kitchen and a guest kitchen in the lower level and they're on their own for their own breakfast and lunch we have a lot of homemade things we put in the freezers so they can have their meals at any time and and not let, be in a let me let me just interrupt you here real quick i'm not gonna brag oh i will i will brag you should he, he is an amazing cook yeah and, and we so, were joking about the three big right, casserole right, no, no, but, no, like, but it's actually it's, it's really good like yeah. he'll go there and you you won't leave 
hungry. Like it, yeah. his food is really good. So yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> yeah, you, but right. I just felt like I needed you need to, to plug the food. Though. That's <laughs> right, important. It's good. Absolutely. Yeah, we were at a, a, a celebration dinner one time, and we were interviewing a guy, and said that they we asked the question. Well, you're a repeat guest. Why do you come back all the time? And somebody in the audience said, the food. Yeah. <laughs> totally acceptable. So, uh, yeah. so, so we, uh, and for, for group retreats, uh, we will do a full meal package for them. Um, there, we don't meet with them and pray with them. They usually have their own thing going, but we also, uh, so we do the full, full meal package for them. We take care of them, clean up after them. And then uh, we also offer the services of a, a spiritual director who's trained in spiritual direction. He's uh, not, directly on our staff, but he's a contracted guy that works for us. And he's also a trained counselor and pastor. So he can take you as deep as you need to go. And uh, uh, we have a lot of people that use his services. Too. He's also an Enneagram guy. Yeah, he's so. an Enneagram guy. Mm-mm-mm. He can look at you and tell you what you are. <laughs> you feel you feel very three-ish to me. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, so in your time in retreat ministry, cause you, you brought this up and you know, we're obviously we're the dudes and dads podcast. We talk a lot about guy stuff and being a father and all of that. Um, in the circle, I mean, obviously I, as a, uh, first of all, I, as a pastor am way overdue for a retreat. And so, uh, I'm, I'm going to be calling your dad up here anytime now. Uh, I should say our church here at Clinton frame gifted all of us pastors with a two day retreat down at uh, shepherd's gate. And uh, I'm going to be scheduling my, my time here soon. But as I think about the men that are in my life, you know, whether it's people I coach with or, you know, like outside, I don't know any of them that have maybe ever gone on any sort of retreat whatsoever or have any time kind of a way they've maybe done vacations or whatever, but, and and I'm thinking of people that are, uh, you know, I, from a non-Christian standpoint, when you talk about taking a retreat, that sounds weird. Um, but I think even for, for people I know that are, are believers like that, the, the retreat concept is a pretty foreign one. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly to men, what for, for you, you would say it's a non, it's a non-negotiable for, to, to live life fully. How, how do you enter into the conversation with men that are maybe resistant to the idea of, of the need? And I, I, cause I know you, it's maybe something that you don't feel you can like convince people of, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a conversation that we can have to encourage. I would think. Yeah. And I, I, for us, it usually goes back to biblical principles. We talk about two teachings in the Bible that are that are uh, really the centers of, of Sabbath, and and that's what retreating is. That's what resting is. And uh, one says, uh, "Remember, you were once slaves in Egypt, and I and I delivered you by my strong arm and my mighty power. Therefore, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy." <clears throat> And what uh, Moses was telling the Israelites, what God was telling the Israelites, who Moses, he wanted to stop every seven days and rest for the purpose of remembering who God is and what he's done. And um, that sounds kind of odd, but uh, what it really does when you look at it is it, it uh, first of all, drives us to worship because when we remember how God has revealed himself, anytime God reveals himself in the Bible, people fall flat in their face in an uncontrollable reaction. Um, and so when we remember how he's revealed himself, it drives us to worship. And that, in turn, sets a fertile ground, an invitation for, for God to do something miraculous because miracles are oftentimes preceded in the Bible by prayer and by worship and mm. by thanksgiving. And then the other thing that we find very valuable is it bolsters our faith. We have said countless times, we believe you can't move forward unless you're looking back. And you can't 
have time to look back if you're always busy chugging forward. And so we need our faith bolstered. We, gotta, we need to remember how, how God has shown up in the past. And the second teaching says God created the heavens and the earth and the seas and everything that's in it in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Therefore, he ordained it as a holy day for us to rest. And if you'd ask most people, how long did it take God to complete creation after hearing that, they'd say six days. But we firmly believe that creation really wasn't complete until God created rest on that seventh day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it in that light, it's like, well, this is really important because uh, one-seventh of all creation was dedicated for that purpose of rest, creating it and enjoying it. And it's not because God was tired. It's right. not because uh, Adam's tired. He's only a day old. So there was, there's two purposes there. One is that it was for man to rest in the presence of the Creator, enjoy creation, have that fellowship that we were created for. That was the reason the garden was created. But the other reason was to to fix some holes in, in Adam. Adam had some holes in him, and it was time that God to come in and fill those holes. And what I mean by that is Adam didn't know how to work the garden. He didn't know how to be a good husband or father. He didn't he didn't know how to do those things that God had planned for him. So it was in that time together that God could prepare him for what's ahead. Yeah. So when you look at rest in that way, it's like, how do I not want to do it? I want, I want my faith bolstered. I want to be driven to worship. I want to invite miracles, and I want God to prepare me for what's ahead. Yeah. And it's in those rhythms of Sabbath, I think, that really make it gives everything else in life meaning. I always, uh, I'm always, uh, just for a, a quick theology nerd uh, comment, uh, you know, I'm always intrigued by, uh, on the seventh day, the, it doesn't follow, so throughout the, days of creation and there was evening and there was morning the six, you know the first day second day it doesn't say that on the seventh day mm-hmm. that the seventh day and its sabbath just goes forward like mm-hmm. into creation mm-hmm. and rabbi abraham heschel points this out in his one of his commentaries and i think and and it's an idea that's understood in middle eastern culture i think mm-hmm. a lot better than our western go get them, accumulate, do more, mm-hmm. and then die early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, crash and burn. Crash and burn. Right. Well, and, and I, I think that's really what you ask us what drew us into this. I think that was it because what God was planning on our heart is a, to be a, a, to be a, 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 re, a proactive ministry, a proactive retreat ministry. There's a lot of retreat ministries out there that wait till you crash and burn. And then they give you a place to rest. They brush you off, shove you out the door, and let you do it again. And we feel that it's much better to have a, a, a rhythm of Sabbath in our life. And it's out of that Sabbath rhythm and hanging out with God that then we can do forward and, and do his work. And, and it's working out of his power, not our power. And when we do it out of our own strength, it's pretty puny. We end mm-hmm. up trying to spend a lot of time convince, convincing God to bless what we've done or fix what we've messed up. And 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 it usually ends up in crash and burn, and that has so much damage in its wake. Whether it be, you know, the guy on the street, you know, not in, in a church setting, or in a if it's a just a Christian that's in the in the pews, but it's especially damaging when it happens to people in leadership in a church, and that's unfortunately some of the worst offenders is to because they're called yeah. and they're driven <laughs> yeah. and they're passionate, yeah. and so how do you stop that? But but it's like you know I, you don't drive your car without maintenance you don't yep. you know, mm-hmm. we we know those things um, but the, sometimes the things we know the best get pushed to the back mm-hmm. yeah is there when would you make from what you've seen and what you've experienced because I'm, I'm guessing you've seen a I mean I've heard a lot of stories that have come through the door and and people that have have walked some you know just some interesting journeys through life is there is there a commonality amongst many of the stories as far as what 
what led people to your ministry, what led them to the place where they are now? Does it, is it a, is it a common, would you, would you say that there are some symptoms that are identifiable where it's like you, you need to get yourself on retreat? You know, uh, if, if someone were to kind of take an inventory of themselves, uh, so to speak, I think a lot of times, uh, People find themselves, you know, it's just all of a sudden you wake up and you realize I'm depleted. I'm depleted uh, physically. I'm depleted emotionally. I'm depleted spiritually. I'm depleted mentally. And what happens is you start to get kind of a flat line and your emotions go flat. Your feelings go flat. You can't make decisions. And I think that sometimes scares people into coming. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people pa- push past that. Um, it's either that or oftentimes it's a, it's a, again a reaction. There's something big coming up in their life. There's a big change, and they want to they want to do something about it. Um, but what we what we enjoy is when we can walk those people through it, and they can see that there's a rhythm that's important. And, and if they get that rhythm in life, it's what gives everything else else in life meaning. Our mm-hmm. the work of our hands, the our ministries, our relationships with our family, our spouse, and everyone else that we come in contact with, all is is bettered because we come out of rest. Mm-hmm. So not everyone is going to be able to come to Martinsville, obviously, you know, like, I think that that's great. I've been there. I've been on personal retreat there, not just to hang out with you, but I'm mean, like, I've been on a personal retreat there. Um, I would definitely recommend it, but not everyone can make it down to Martinsville. Right. Uh, what are some of the practical things that people can do outside if they don't have a place like, like rest ministries to in shepherds get in mm-hmm. to come down to, or to come to, what are some of the things that they can do to, to retreat? Yeah, it's a good question because uh, they don't have to come to us to retreat. The important thing is they're they're getting away and they're retreating. I've got a friend um, that uh, he occasionally just goes to the hospital, hangs out in the uh, chapel because it's a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's free coffee, and food, <laughs> food's cheap, and uh, it's usually a place that he can hang out with God. And it's, it's shutting off the normal stuff of of what goes on in life, and it's it's allowing God to talk to him and. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do that quickly. It's a day. There's, you know, doesn't cost him anything, and occasionally gets a chance to, to minister to people. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all about being intentional. Um, you know, we we do we do quarterly retreats. Three every quarter, we get away three to five days. It's just part of who we are. It's that rhythm, and uh, so it's. You know, sometimes we'll go to Mississippi Reservoir, get a cabin. Sometimes we'll we'll you know get a, go to a KOA. The most recent time was a KOA campground, um, just. 20 miles from our place. We have a friend that has a summer cottage and they said, use it. It's a, it's a cottage on the lake. It's two miles from our house, hmm. but it's, it's a but way. It's a way yeah. You can unplug. Yeah. It's intentional. And it's this, this idea of going in and hitting life's pause button. And so it, it can be a variety of different things. It can also be a, a more weekly rhythm for us because we live where we work and we have guests in the house uh, 315 days last year. Uh, it, it's important because we could we could work twenty four seven, right? And that that doesn't work. And so we we intentionally have Saturday night is a earlier meal, and we go to uh, our church as an evening service. We do an evening service. We say let the Sabbath begin, and then uh, come home and um, we just prepare and, and anticipate the next day, which mm-hmm. is our Sabbath. And we don't do an evening meal that night. We have a later check-in. We do, don't do things that empty. We do things that fill. Mm-hmm. We do things you get to do and not things you have to do. And we'll eat, we'll take a nap. Um, we'll uh, go fishing sometimes, Beckler put around in the garden. Uh, we just do things that fill. We, we call 
family and have conversations with them. And it's just a, it's a time of being filled and blessed. I think that's an important thing to remember too, like on Sabbath and resting, there are things that you get to do, not that you have to do. Because I think that those everyday life things, especially when you're at home, just like it's hard to unplug. And I think that that's a key thing. What you said there is you mm-hmm. get to do some things that just re- recharge you as a, as a yep. person. And it's a day that we feast. You know, we'll do, we'll do a, a meal for us privately that we wouldn't normally do for guests. Mm-hmm. Last week, we found lamb chops, four lamb chops for, for seven bucks. And <laughs> we put them on the grill and, and had lamb. And it's, it's something to look forward to. It's that idea of feasting on God, feasting on food. So you mentioned, I'm, we, we've talked about some kind of the individual components of, uh, of retreat and rest and Sabbath. Um, what, what does Sabbathing and, and retreating and resting have have to say for our marriages? For because as you mentioned, both you and Beck are going. You know, you're being intentional together mm-hmm. um, to to do these things. Um, how can a, how can a couple retreat together? What what might that look like for for folks? Yeah, for us, about ninety five percent of our retreats have been that way. Our Sabbaths, um, we've had a few where we've done separate things. But most of the time, we'll go to a place. Um, we'll look up retreat centers, we'll, you know, or, or campgrounds or whatever, and we'll go there. And Becca always is is pulled to the front porch if it's warm, and I'll usually go for the lazy chair and to kick it up, and uh, and we'll just do just we'll listen to God. We'll, we'll it's always different for both of us, and most of the time we're on different reading routines. But God, will, you know, we'll get together at the meal time and we'll say, "What's God teaching you?" And it's like. Oh, yeah, he's bringing us the same same scriptures. He's bring he's mm. speaking to us, but and it and it really does because as you draw closer to God, it really does draw you closer to your spouse. Right. I mean, it just, you can't do it otherwise, right? Uh, Julie and I have have done that. We went uh, last time we went to their house on our retreat. We were together. Um, we just kind of hung out in the room most of the day, and she was reading stuff. I was reading stuff separately, and we would come together and talk about it again, like you were saying there. Um, but we kind of do our own thing. Um, but yeah, it was definitely interesting to see what God was teaching us, but that, that's how we did it when we were, uh, doing it. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, some of my best, I mean, with Jackie and I, some of our, of our best conversations are when, yeah, we intentionally remove ourselves from all the distractions and the, what feel like very necessary things at the <laughs> time that are around us, uh, obviously our, our beloved children are mm-hmm. always part of that uh, equation. And uh, I think just having the ability, yeah, for the, none, of the, none, of that, none of that noise to be there, uh, so to speak, makes you get, makes you get real honest with each other. And, and again, I think, I mean, how many times I know I'm guilty of this, like do we inadvertently hide behind the business of our family life so that we don't have, we don't have to talk with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just have this, you know, sometimes, every, sometimes every once in a while, Jackie said this the other night, the kids were trying to get the kids to bed or whatever. And Jackie said, I need to have an adult conversation with your father. So please <laughs> go. And I'm like, you're right. Cause we haven't, we haven't talked as two adults, uh, for how many ever days now that it's been, we've been, we've been managing, managing together, having managerial meetings, mm-hmm. but, uh, maybe not, maybe not talking as, uh, as a couple and sharing like what our, what's on our heart, you know, what, where our heart is really at. And, uh, so, Sometimes if you just force you, if you put yourself in a place where you don't have access to all of those things, um, 
I'm also wondering, uh, what do folks, what do folks do with their cell phones when they come visit you? <laughs> it depends on their service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got Sprint. They just don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, our service is really lousy up there, yeah. and most people intentionally turn it off and and give them our number. Say if there's an emergency, call yeah. Chuck and Becca. Um, but yeah, and there's no distractions like TVs, and yep. uh, it, it's it forces people to go out and walk in the woods and and be spoken to by God's creation and. You know, to feel that closeness. And the amazing thing is when we draw away, God accomplishes about 10, 12 times more than what we could cram into a week, mm. you know, in just in just a day. And it's just it's just amazing how aware we become, how our senses are, are heightened, and we're experiencing God in the things we hear and the things we smell and taste. And it's just amazing when you yeah. remove those distractions. Andy, I think back to years ago when we were up in Grand Rapids at the Dominican Center when we did our retreat. Yes. Now, when you, when you said taste, your senses and everything like that, that really drove home with me. Uh, myself, Andy, uh, Matt, and Brian, the four of us, went on a retreat up there and uh, a lot of time alone, but had one evening meal together. We went to this. Uh, I was, we always have to make say sure. Say it slow yeah. when you say this. So the, the, the name of the uh, restaurant up in Grand Rapids is, uh, is Sanchez, but it's a tapas, T-A-P-A-S. People think we're saying topless all the time. It's, it was a tapas <laughs> not, restaurant, not a topless restaurant. Small rest- portion. Yeah, yeah small not. plates. And and we had, we had just really shared, spent some very intentional time in reflection and went out to have a meal together. And the, the restaurant is phenomenal. The meal, the, the food is wonderful there. But like the experience of eating together in the midst of that, like I felt like I almost, I'm not being weird here, like tasted food like better than I normally, I normally do. There was a fullness uh, to it that, you know, I, that really stuck with me just like that, that I, that I perceived and received things in a, in a very different way following that. And I, I can't say I've really actually had an experience like that since then, which means we just need to go and do it. Right. (laughs) Right. No, but I would say even the same thing for when, when I've been at rest ministries and and shepherds get in and, like when we eat together, it is definitely, it's, it's interesting. That's good. Cause you do get to see other people who are also deeply doing their own thing, but then come together for, for the meal. And it's, it's, a it's, you would think that it'd be, you wouldn't want to, cause you're trying to be alone, but it almost is something comforting when you're there visiting other people who are, are also retreating, but then also, you know, coming together to it's eat. Kind of like, kind so of like a monastic, it's kind of like a monastic <laughs> reality almost. Yeah. yeah. There's so much ministry that goes on around that table. It's unbelievable. You'll have people that, uh, you know, we always say it's it's a dinner hour, um, and we'll we'll get up and start cleaning things up. But if you want, if ministry's happening, you can stay there. But if you want to go hang out with God, you can hang out with God. And and we've gone to church sometimes and come back from church an hour and a half later, and people still sit around the table. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're praying for each other. They're exchanging contact information. It seems like God arranges theme weeks too. You'll have you know somebody that's just lost a child and somebody else that's been through that, and you know, and it's just all these people minister to each other and things that we couldn't orchestrate. So we say that, you know, we feed the body, God feeds the soul. And we see that happen around that table. It's good. It's good. And we're, we're grateful for those sort of things. Um, what, uh, Chuck, if people were, let's, who knows where people are as we have various listeners that are all over the place. If people are looking for a retreat, um, a retreat center or an opportunity that is n- near them. What are, are there some things that they should look for? Uh, maybe some questions that they should 
think about, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but things they might want to ask about a retreat center to get a better sense of, is this a place that will be helpful for, for what I want to accomplish? Like how, how can they kind of search that out? Uh, you'd want to be real specific on the wording you look up. There's a lot of retreat centers that put themselves out as spiritual retreat centers, but it's a whole different focus. They're taking you into new age stuff. They're taking you into, uh, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. So I'd want to make sure it's a Christian-based retreat center. I'd want to make sure that it's uh, well-rated and that has good reviews. Um, we come up pretty high on the ratings because we're on um, some very reputable lists, like uh, Christianity Today has us listed as a resource for pastors. Uh, Lifeway Resources has us listed. So you can you can start doing some searches like that, and you can see the ones that are, are rated well, and, and it's well-spoken of by reputable places. And so I think that's what you want to look for. That's good. That's good, yeah. Always helps. A, a little bit of research will go a long way to help kind of guarantee mm-hmm. that you have a, yeah, a good, meaningful experience. Well, and I think, too, from just what I'm, I've heard talking from to you, lots of people are referring their friends to it. So, yeah. like, we've had this where, you know, like, someone goes and then they tell this person and then this person and this person. So, like, I've, I've heard from you lots of times where you're like, yeah, like this person came, but you know, their friends three times down through mm. friends removed are telling people about it and, and yeah. coming to. And that's, that, we used to, when we first got there, we started giving comp stays out to people that came. We'd say, who's your, uh, your spiritual director? Who's your soul care guy at church? And it would give you a complimentary stay. And they were our best salesman because they experienced a great experience. Mm-hmm. They're giving them this thing that says it was worth X amount of dollars. And then the, the, that leadership person would come and say, wow, you know, we can bring this team and that team. And we had like 95% turnover. We haven't had to do that in, in five, well, seven years, I don't think we have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it is to people telling people. We had one guy just a couple weeks ago say, I, your name of your organization has come up 12 times in the last two weeks oh my <laughs> from wow. different yeah. people. Wow. Yeah. And so he said, I figured I better check this out <laughs> before, before God makes me go there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and we'll be sure, obviously, because uh, they're at 316. I, why not 365.25? Basically, <laughs> no. uh, we we want to make, we'll make sure that you guys, uh, all of our listeners have access to uh, the contact information and all of that for yep. Their ministry. Absolutely. So. Those will be in our show notes. But if you want to tell us your website right now, go ahead. It's www.rest, R-E-S-T, hyphen, ministries.org. Dot org. Yeah. And so. uh, worth worth every moment that you can spend there. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, like I said, to getting down there. And, um, you know, I, I, I should just say for those that are listening, um, if you have not taken the time to look into scheduling a retreat for yourself. If you are uneasy about the idea or if you are, you don't, you can call Chuck and say, I'm scared about this. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, I don't know what to do. I feel all weird. And, and I know that there, are, you know, you can have the conversation and help give you some perspective on it. But um, I, I think, you know, I, I just feel like your story is the story of so many who we're pushing, 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 achieving, 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 and there is there's like something is clearly still missing, and uh, you know a little a little bit of time away unplugging can yield. Um, I think you'd agree with me can yield just such massive benefits for for an individual or for a couple or or even a group. Um, uh, Andy, your mom and dad have led uh, back in the day have led group uh, retreats for us, and it's like we had just you know breakthroughs mm-hmm. just really good relational breakthroughs in 
not that it's about efficiency, but it, you'd be surprised what happens in the course of a couple of days of just being intentional. Yep. Um, it's been my, been my experience. So, well, we want to thank you for coming on and, and just reminding us of the importance of resting and retreating, especially anybody, but especially as guys who, you know, run wild, uh, <laughs> not run wild. I didn't mean that, but who run ragged because we're trying to, you know, do a lot of different things. Yeah. So we, we definitely appreciate you being on the show. Yeah. And one, one last thing, Becca just got me a shirt a while back that says in big letters, Jesus took naps. Be like Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And it says yes. in Mark 438. I figure if it's good enough for Jesus, we ought to try it too. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> well, before we let you go, we are going to do one last thing. Now it's time for the Dudes and Dads Pop Quiz. So those of you who have never joined us, uh, this is the time where Joel and I just pepper our guests with pepper. pepper our guests with random questions that have nothing to do with the topic we were talking about, but we want to get to know our top our guest better. Um, and even even my dad, I want to get to know him better. So I'm going to ask him some tough questions. I'm waiting for you to throw some fastball, you, some high <laughs> inside heat, as we say in baseball. So, but you can go first. Though. Okay, great. Because we made the joke about the mean three bean casserole. Uh, Chuck, what is your favorite dish to prepare? Uh, I think right now chicken marsala. Oh, fancy! Mm, that's good. I, I think I've even had that at mm-hmm. your place before. Uh, so my question is going to be. Uh, what is your favorite place to take your wife on a date? The Brazilian steakhouse was pretty pretty top notch. Yes, <laughs> it's all around food here. He said. Yes, <laughs> excellent. I'm noticing theme that. Going. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, Chuck, what's the uh, what's your what's the your favorite thing you've read in the last year? Uh, it comes back to the Bible. I, I read it. Uh, it every time in a different version, so it speaks to oh, me. Okay, yeah. So different Bible version reading plans. That's a that's just a that's a nugget a of good, gold right there. Yeah, good tip. Um, what was your very first vehicle? Chevy Bel Air. Ooh, yeah. It was my grandpa's car. It was yeah, a real chick nice. magnet. <laughs> that's nice. That's yeah. how I got Becca. Yeah. That's how I got- <laughs> And then took her out on your motorcycle. Yep, oh, I did. Yep. So good. So good. Uh, let's see here, Chuck. What, uh, gosh, if you, oh, I, every once in a while, Andy, I have these ideas for for new ones. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try, and I think it's fun that I'm going to try this on your dad, too. Um, <laughs> yes. Is the first one. Chuck, if you were, uh, if you could, if you were any spice in the spice rack, what, what spice would you be? got to be garlic (laughs) it's my (laughs) go-to it's in about everything that's good all right um oh you got me that was you threw me off joel i just kind of i know i I put a new one in there i've got nothing to follow up with it's just like so so much going on um okay favorite music artist glenn kaiser right who is a, a, a blues christian artist Glenn Kaiser. Got to look that one up. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> Chuck, is there, a, is there, is there some? What's oh? What's the most? What's the most dangerous thing you ever did while being a father? Hmm. <laughs> uh, probably white river rafting. Okay. What 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 river were you rafting upon? I don't even remember. It was with the. It was on a wilderness trip. I was in like Pennsylvania. Oh, so we went. Uh, I was on. The, so the Ohio pile 
uh river yes south of pittsburgh yep yes i've been on that one I and not. i nearly died <laughs> yeah the, the kid next to me almost did there's uh there's several f4s along the the trip some pretty serious things you have to have a real like a legit guide with you it's uh it's but i'll i would yeah it, jackie went jackie and i went together and she hated me after that trip we almost <laughs> was it a date the, it was we were we were had been dating and uh, things were not great at the time and apparently if you throw the stress in of a very serious uh, whitewater rafting it's incident, not good on a relationship it, apparently it right. really challenges it yeah all right so. all right okay my last question is going to be if you could, could travel anywhere in the world where would you want to go that you've not been yet well we had a trip scheduled to austria oh yeah it was a it was a a 10th year at this location and 17th year in ministry and we we're going to have a sabbatical uh there for over t- two months and it was supposed to go and then COVID hit <laughs> oh, darn you COVID! Mm-hmm. wow so, yeah. and we we're going to then go to uh vienna uh, venice italy and you know, mm. do a food tour <laughs> so, oh, I, back, again back to, back to food. food back to food <laughs> my goodness that sounds amazing um well for my final question i'm going to ask uh what is the uh, there are many things that you could add, you could have in this list, but what is the thing that you were most proud of your son for? Um, being strong-willed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and, and, hey. and funneling it in the proper direction. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I mean, this this is a kid that was in high school, and he shaved a cross in the back of his hair, and this mm-hmm. was before it was cool to do things <laughs> with hair. And you know, he was he was a walking uh, witness for God, and uh, was wearing it on the back of his head. Oh, strong-willed Andrew, <laughs> and you'll find more probably about that strong-willedness <laughs> on our post episode that we're sharing with our Patreon. Good, good so plug. Good plug. If you yes. want to hear that, but we do want to thank you for driving all this way and coming in the studio tonight with us. We really appreciate you being on the show. So thanks again for, for hanging out with us tonight. It's great to be here. And as always, you can hit us up over at dudes and dads podcast at gmail.com. We love those emails or you can, uh, you know, just send us your reviews, your thoughts. Yeah. Review the show. Give some stars. Yes. Say and, and like and it, share. Write it up. Write it up. What you think of the show love on it. iTunes or Google podcasts. Yeah. And all that stuff. It helps people find us uh, on the great wide web. So uh, guys, until next time, we love you. We're grateful for you. Grace, Grace and peace. peace.